TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to Careers Unplugged, the weekly show connecting you to secrets of career success. Careers Unplugged is hosted by Rich Sayer and Stu Hayes and proudly sponsored by the Master of Me coaching program. If you feel being happy, committed, and passionate about your career is important, you're in the right place. My name's Rich Sayer, and I'm here with the fabulous co-founder of Careers Unplugged, Make It Big Training, and the Master of Me coaching program, Stewie Hayes. Stewie, good morning. Good morning, Rich. It's great to be here. It is good, isn't it? Oh, and we've got a, a fantastic, amazing guest today, too. We've got a fantastic episode ahead of us. I'm very excited. Rich, shall I, uh, shall I introduce our guest? Get into it. Well, our special guest has lived within the media, stage and film worlds for more than 30 years and has pretty much done everything or won everything in that time and I'm not joking. He has worked as an actor and a writer and a director for some of the biggest movie studios in the world, including Paramount, Universal and Columbia. He has starred in films such as Cool Runnings, Repo Man. I love that film. Uh, I love both those films actually and this one too. Woman in Red. He's been on as a star of TV shows including MASH, Hill Street Blues, Columbo, Texas Rangers. He starred in the Broadway hit The Ritz. And I haven't even finished yet. This guy has done so much. <laughs> take a breath. It's take incredible. a breath. I'm going to take a breath. He's, he's a renowned communication coach and has led more than 1,000. Can you believe that? It's a big number. 1,000 communication workshops in North America and around the world, as well as consulting to Fortune 500 companies such as General Motors, AT&T, Johnson & Johnson, Pfizer, eBay, Coke, Nokia. You know what? I'm just going to introduce him. Larry Gilman, welcome to Careers Unplugged. Thank you so much. I want the two of you to introduce me every time. <laughs> it's that uh, is wonderful. I would love to. You know, given given how much you travel and you know do run these cool workshops, you know, I'll take you up on that offer. We'll we'll just yeah, come. Exactly. We'll just you squeeze in your place. suitcase and. Wow, it's fabulous! <laughs> and thank you for for the energy with which you did that too. That was wonderful. Thank you. Larry, it's, uh, it's so awesome to have you on the show, and um, you are, in fact, uh, my favorite coach. And uh, uh, look, I just want to get into it. So, so how did you start your amazing career? How did it all get started? Well, I actually started as a pre-med licensed emergency medic, because I always had a fascination for medicine, being able to help people, being able to assist people. Uh, At the time, I didn't get into medical school and I did not want to pursue a master's in something I had no interest in just to be able to take the next step and Mm -hmm. then again throw myself in. So I went to my next love and it really was a passion of mine, which was the communications, the acting. And I started pounding the pavement, taking every lesson from every known teacher that I could, acting, dancing, fencing, speech, uh, stage fighting, everything I could. And it was not because I thought this will make me a success. Is I loved every <laughs> step of it. It was so much fun. And I saw some people who had so much talent. And I thought, wow, if I could even do that. And I just kept applying myself more and more. I mean, I would find myself 
taking the train home at two o'clock in the morning and then hitching home because I didn't, at the time didn't have enough money or didn't want to spend the money to take a cab. And uh, it was all a fascinating, really joyous journey. And then I was fortunate, and I think also because I was willing to do anything. I really would go to every audition. I even auditioned for Radio City Music Hall. Everybody's there in their tights and they're beautifully, <laughs> you know, and I was there with sweatpants and a T-shirt. And a huge success was they called me back. And then after they called me back and I thought, oh, my God, you're calling me back for Radio City? And and uh, the guy came up to me, the, the, the choreographer, and he said, you know, I'm sorry, after the callback, I, I can't hire you. And I said, are you kidding me? <laughs> the fact that I got this far, the fact that you let me be that I was thrilled. I've won. You were. Thank you. Thank you. And so I I just threw myself into it. Um, and there was nothing looking back on him, maybe even foolishly, but there was nothing I wouldn't try. And um, by doing that, and then, like I said, well, I was fortunate and lucky and I definitely applied myself. Within two years, I was on Broadway in the Ritz with Rita Moreno and Jack Weston, F. Murray Abraham, uh, Jerry Stiller. And it was an extraordinary experience. And um, then I came out uh, to the West Coast uh, acting, directing. And then I fell into this workshop called The Mastery, which to me honored the individual the most of any workshop I had ever taken or been a part of. And I've been in uh, workshops of in the hundreds and been down to 10. Mm. And when I was going through school, I was involved in, at the time, it was called sensitivity trainings and encounter groups. And uh, it was led by a psychologist. And I jumped in a couple of times and he told me to trust myself that he was there and that he felt I had good instincts. And so I did. And then I started to pursue this. And then from there, everything else that you mentioned sprang forward. And it's been a, a fabulous journey to go around the world, meet people like yourselves that I never would have met before. And uh, I, I think I'm very fortunate. Stu, I've just got to interrupt. I've seen Larry dance. And and <laughs> and, and he is good. Now, now I'm actually concerned now that i know he is equally good at sword fighting yeah. you know <laughs> and that, fighting and yeah this this just casts a whole new light on this conversation and uh, yes. and i'm glad that uh this is a skype thing because you know this could get scary <laughs> he, he could be a dangerous man man i'm just pleased that uh that he went in this direction um you know some people would probably you know decide after pre-med that you know they're not going to do medicine but they're just going to start practicing anyway <laughs> 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 yes. <laughs> Larry, ha- how do you measure success, you know, in your career? You've done so many things. Yes. H- how do you when, you, when you look at Larry in the mirror, yeah. you know, how do you measure success? I, I think first and foremost, um, let's take away all the accoutrements. It's when you look at yourself in the mirror, and I think that's really a great way to test yourself because it's just you. Mm. It's, am I satisfied? Am I fulfilled me? Am I actually living up or doing my 100%? And in some places, finding out, oh, my 100% in this field, if I really want to succeed, I don't have that talent. 
So knowing that and where I do have my talent, am I willing to pursue that and look at myself at the end of each day and go, you know what, I really played at 100%. I really said what was so for me. And maybe it is a, a nature of getting older that I find that there's less filters on me, that I don't have to couch what I'm saying as much. But it really is, am I pursuing what I'm passionate about? Am I loving what I'm doing? Some of it's hard. Some of it's easy. Some of it's, wow, it's just in the right place at the right time. But I think if you can look at yourself in that mirror and say, are you trusting yourself that you're actually doing what you love to do, that I am doing what what fulfills me, what nurtures me, what allows me to wake up every morning, regardless of whether I've won or lost the next day and go, I can't wait to do this again. Then I would say that is a measure of success that you have, uh, okay, you have a nice house, a car, blah, blah, but at the end, when you get out of the car, when you lay yourself down, or when you look at yourself in the mirror, it's just you. Mm-hmm. It's, wow. Is, this is, a, is that, um, I mean, that, that sort of goal, is that, when did you get to that? Was that something that you identified early or did you sort of evolve to that? Oh, time? I, Stu, I think, I think I evolved to that. Um, certainly when I started, I, I wanted to be the best actor uh, I ever could. And, and I studied uh, with everybody I could, um, you know, and would put the work in and do the, the, um, the, the scene study and the, the cold reading and the monologue learning and how to move on stage because I was awkward. I mean, didn't grow up as a dancer and or, or, or even somebody, I mean, I played sports so I could move that way, but to actually move with grace and be in touch with my body. So I was, I wanted to make it as an actor and against all odds and certainly my parents were like, what? <laughs> it's a good, good, solid job, Larry. Literally two weeks after I got on Broadway. So, and here was the trick: I didn't have a an equity card, so that means I couldn't audition for a Broadway or equity show, and yet I couldn't get into the union if I wasn't if I didn't have a Broadway show. But anyway, I'd auditioned for a number of other shows. They saw me. They remembered me. Two weeks after I was on Broadway, my father came to me and said, so what are you going to do next? I was like, wait, I just got here. What do you mean what's next? Broadway. You know, I'm in 1% of all the actors in, in America. And what am I? Holy. So going through that process and, you know, look, it resonates with me too because I, you know, I had a a part of my career as a musician and, and, uh, and I think I did quite a few hundred performances before my parents actually came to see me. And um, it wasn't that they weren't supportive. They just weren't actively supportive, you know. Uh, And of course they wanted me to be safe. And it was that uh, survive, not thrive mentality that, that, that you know, I've personally overcome and, and I think you have too. How important has setting goals been for you? you? You talk about, you know, becoming the best dancer, becoming the good stage fighter, learning to be comfortable with your body. There's a, an endless list of personal improvements, those one percenters, as some people would say. Has that been important to you? Oh, very. I think I, I never tried to put myself on on a 
okay, I can't wait to, I'm being a star. No, no, no. What I needed to do, and maybe I was fortunate at this, that I was able to look and see if I can do this. For me, uh, tap dancing was particularly hard. If I can do this move even a little bit better so that I actually feel like when I see Fred Astaire, how he moves, I actually have a feeling of that that I think that was a great victory. Uh, I, I want you to put this on YouTube now. <laughs> <laughs> it probably <No>. is. <laughs> we'll, get, we'll get negative hits. <laughs> so that even like that uh, on uh, Radio City Music Hall, to get to that callback was such a victory when uh, one of the acting teachers said that you, I did a really good job in doing that. When I could do a, an American accent versus a new new york which is where i grew up from and she said oh that was standard that was i didn't know where you were from i thought middle of the country i thought that's a victory Mm -hmm. and and hopefully if i kept that work ethic and maybe even sports when i was growing up you know that we did everything day we went back to the basics went back to the when i was in college the last day of practice we still did 20 100 yard sprints this is the last day before the season ends and we still did that and maybe it was that work ethic that to know that you could do it that you didn't die that you actually could get through it when you were exhausted what about um turning points for you was there a was there something that um, happened that was a big break? Yes. Um, well, the first time I was doing a scene in class and someone say, I thought of you for the show. And then I was, I auditioned and got the lead in an off-Broadway show. And then against all odds to be called in with this group of other people for this Broadway show. And then I got it. That was huge. That really said, wow, there's somebody else thinks you're good enough to be on stage with these other people in front on the place where I said, wow, that's where I want to be. That was huge. When I came out to Los Angeles and I actually took some risks in auditions. And when I got back to my agent's office, they said, I don't know what you did, but they've already called and they never, they never do that. That, that to me is trust myself. I know I, know the guidelines how far i can go but i'm willing to press the edges and in the edges both to not go nuts but to actually stay conscious and present and to gauge what's going on in the room literally the i don't want to say the energy of the room but really with the dynamic of the room you can feel it and certainly that's what the stage gave me that sense of is the audience listening larry with the acting you know, there's yeah. a sort of a, a, a you know a running joke, so to speak, that you know actors are all pouring coffees in Australia because there's just not that much work, and so yes. you, you know, is there's a lot of uh, barista work, making lattes before they get their next gig. Yep. You know, uh, I look at your biography; you've got a long list of successes, yes. but there's obviously times in between those successes, as 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 in all journeys. Have you, have you ever felt confused or down about your prospects? And, and what did you do about that to overcome those feelings? Yeah, um, I always wanted to be someone who could fend for themselves. Mm. So there was never a job that to me was beneath my dignity. 
um, so that I was I, I worked in a steel mill during the pouring operations, the two hours of heat where it got up to 125 degrees. I worked as a, a waiter, as a busser. I worked as a um, restaurant manager. But I, I, when I, I started directing commercial auditions, I started coaching people. I never felt that any work that was decent was mm. beneath me. And everything, even if it was serving people, I'm in service. Mm. I was... I felt great. I can earn my own money. I can go home now because I was willing to work until 2 o'clock in the morning and have my day free for auditions. That, to me, was great. Mm. I could now do something here which allowed me to be – and so when I do corporate communications, that, to me, is I'm practicing a one-on-one, in essence, a show, a one-man show. I am directing people. I'm coaching people. I'm, I'm not only being in service, but I've learned – techniques and ways to make money at doing that but there were some times when it's what am i doing this is crap i'll never (laughs) amount to anything i got there five minutes late and they fired me and it was what uh you know the pit of my stomach as i'm relating to you this actually Mm. i can feel it in the pit of my stomach it's there have been huge downturns as it will a huge um going into bed and pulling the covers over and crying at commercials. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I did know I could only stand myself for about three days and then I would, I would get out of bed finally. But yeah, I, I'm, I, maybe it's just that I had enough room for myself to give myself those three days mm-hmm. and to have my own little pity party. And, uh, um, but then, then it was uh, something inside me just said, "Okay, you know, you're you're done." And thank God for me, it was only three days. You know, maybe four days at the most ever that it really ever lasted. And then it was, I like being outside. It's too much fun. Larry, you, t- you talked about um, the uh, the coaching that you do. Yes. Did you did you have mentors? Did you have coaches and people that guided you and helped you? Uh, particularly during those type of times? Um, during those times, uh, n- no, I'd had them earlier. During those times when I was having that, I always went to either acting class or directing class. I always went to that. And that was sometimes I just went and listened and I just watched. And that to me was fuel for my spirit. And sometimes when I just couldn't physically do it, just to be able to watch others, to be inspired by others, to see what they were going through, that fueled me. And I think where maybe I was fortunate, where I didn't just look inward, I actually had enough gumption or luck or or just um, condition that you're going to get yourself out there and just get yourself, go shower and just get yourself out there this is that I can listen that, to this. Yeah. Part of that getting back to basics um, that you talked about earlier, I, I guess. Yes. Yes. And I, I will say as, as emotional as I can be at times, and of course I still feel every little thing, and um, I do have a very strong will that mm. I am only here for a short period of time. And I want to make a difference. I want to have an impact on people. I want to leave this place 
uh, better than how I found it. Larry, I just want to sort of take on a bit of a tangent here. You know, you talk sure. about talk about doing uh, the training in your youth with the acting classes and learning dancing and learning singing, learning learning all these different skills. You see that now as a mirror when you're doing. Um, your own courses, running the mastery courses and so on. Because And, and for the listeners, I, I've actually attended Larry's course in Vancouver and it was wonderful. And, you know, it, it's now part of my tapestry of learning. And, yeah. and uh, do, do you see that as, as a reflection of all those early learnings that, you know, that you, you draw on other teachers and now you're giving back? And, 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 and in the giving back, you're still learning from the students. Absolutely. I think I think I learn as much from every student and every person there than um, as that I have to give. And I think it's very much a symbiotic relationship. And I go into it saying, wow, I don't know what's going to happen. I do know what I can bring to this, but let's discover this together. And the foundation, that is something that I think a societal, global, what I've seen um, is that people, because we have so much more, it's easier for us to get lazy. Mm. And it does take that act of will to say, get up, mm. do what you need to do. Don't let it slide. Mm. And I always, at the end, and sometimes it's hard. Sometimes I- I'm older than both of you. Sometimes it's painful. You know, those joints, they, <laughs> they're not <laughs> as flexible as they used to be. <laughs> and And... Yeah, <laughs> that, that's don't tell them. My <laughs> creaking, but it, it it's something about: are you going to live? Are you going to live up to what you're up to, or are you going to find all the considerations, all the reasons why not to? Mm. And the people that do have that, the younger people that actually have it, but it's not blind. It's not just, I want to go in this direction, and as long as I'm passionate about it, it's what I love to do, and I'm blind, I will be successful. No, you actually have to engage and look at the outside world Mm. to see how you're being received and to be adaptable to that so that you can still be on the same path. Mm but also include those around you rather than in a vacuum. Be big enough to accept the feedback and and uh, yeah. and um, morph into what's going to work. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm and, curious, uh, um, just, you know, you, you say Broadway, um, TV, uh, film, um, you've directed, you've written, you've acted, you've had some amazing successes. Yeah. What is the highlight, you know, what are the highlights? Okay, um, I did Cool Runnings, and we were actually at the Olympic uh, toboggan track. That's such a cool film. It's a great film. (laughs) And you have to sign every waiver uh, possible to (laughs) to say, okay, I'm going to try. And then there's uh, a driver and a brakeman, and then two of us at a time could get into it. And they say, see how many turns you can count, okay? And we're going, all right. And they push you off. And it's really slow, and you go, oh, my God. Nobody got past four. And, at the, and you are speeding through this. It was such an extraordinary uh, event that it happened so fast. And one, the guy behind me hit my head, so my head went down. I had a helmet on. But to pick up my head to just look forward again, it was over 100 pounds because of the G-forces. Wow. And then we finished in a 62 seconds. 
and of course my legs were rubber and that, but it was that was extraordinary along with being able to uh act with John Candy and meet the the people there that that was that was a huge highlight being on Broadway absolutely uh was a huge win um doing my first speech in front of 1300 people and to actually have people respond in such a way that was both surprising to them that they could do this that was a moment of theater a moment of life a moment of of re- reality that was absolutely as impactful as being able to uh, do a solo speech on stage. Was that, and, was that so, something that you appreciated as you were doing it, or when you sat, you know, maybe just uh, in the minutes beforehand or afterwards, when you sat back and reflected on it and said, "Oh my God, look what I've just done." No, at, with the exception of the toboggan ride, because you really couldn't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> couldn't lift your head up. <laughs> yeah, that uh, being on stage, there, there's. Uh, I, I actually work on being conscious and work yeah. diligently, yes, and being yeah. present, that I actually felt it at the time. Mm. And that was what, what was oh, thrilling. And then to remind myself, don't, don't be indulgent, just you know, keep on going. But just to be able to be in that moment with others moment to moment was really extraordinary. It's, it's uh, akin to falling in love. It's moment to moment when all possibilities exist. It's that moment when that seems timeless. And at the same time, you could break up a second into parts. Mm. Mm. Uh, what a great was- description. That's a wonderful description. On the, on the other side of that, Larry, what would yes. be the darkest or the darkest career moment or, in fact, your biggest mistake in your career? And what did you learn? Okay. So when I was growing up, it was when I fell in love with somebody, it was... I couldn't even, ha- I didn't even know what it was, but it was just so total. It, uh, every part of me was invested in it. So when uh, they broke up with me, it was the pit of all pits. Mm. It was darkness, black. If I'm, they don't want me, what's my value? What's my worth? Um, there was a moment uh, when I had my house uh, I was involved in that earthquake in 94 mm-hmm. and part of my house was red flagged. Um, uh, lawyers were telling me to walk away. I had all my money invested in it. I was half a third of my ceiling in my bedroom was out. Uh, the rats and I at that point had made <laughs> friends. There was um, a family of uh, raccoons living under the house uh, I was having so many problems with the city building and, and uh, maintenance and as far as to get these permits done. I was running out of money. I was up on a ladder. I had cut myself. I had to go to the uh, emergency room and I was hoping I was not going to lose my thumb. And uh, at the same time, um, I had uh, a bone spur going into my spinal column and I was having sensations of being paralyzed from the neck down and um, all the surgeons I'd gone to they said you know if we nick your spinal cord you're that's it and everything I read and I came home and there was my muscles and my body were uh, from this injury and this growth were spasming to the point that I was in great pain and I could not control any of it I was all by myself, 
you could almost hear the violins. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hearing him now. <laughs> and, uh, and it was okay. I know I can live by myself. I know I'm able. I will have a good time. Do I want to? Is that, is that sort of the, the golden nugget that you would have for people? Just never give up, you know. Keep, keep moving forward. Pick yourself uh, yeah. up. Which, which is a great theory, but in, in the pit of despair and the pit of the question of, so what's the point? You know, is it all hopeless and helpless? Um, is, does anybody really give a crap? You know, if I disappeared, would it really matter? Mm, mm. And then ultimately the answer came is probably in the bigger scheme of things, no. Mm. And what do I want to do anyway? And what I want to do anyway, for no reason at all, not to be, uh, what am I going to do that's really going to fulfill myself, going to make me feel like me again? And then I come back to what you said, Stu, is never give up, is don't quit, it's do it for another day. You know, do it rem- for another hour. It reminds it- me of the saying that my my uh, folks used to teach me. You know, the past is history, the future is a mystery, but today's a gift. That's why it's called the present, and and uh, just give it a go anyway because this is the gift of life, and and it's what you make of it. Larry, we're we're out of time, and I'm oh, I'm, oh. I'm spewing because we could just keep talking and talking, yeah. and and uh, but look, I just really want to thank you for coming on the show and sharing, um, as always. You've got, you've got so much to give and uh, uh, for the listeners uh, Mastery of Self-Expression course which I've done with Larry is outstanding and there'll be information on careersunplugged.com if you'd like to learn more about that um, but for the moment Larry uh, we've got to wrap it up there thanks thanks so much for being on the show my pleasure anytime fellas I, I really enjoy talking with you and uh, would love to do it again if you would ever have me course thank you larry thank you very <laughs> to, much and to all of you at home in the car or wherever you are thanks for joining us make sure you visit careersunplugged.com or facebook to leave your comments and of course give this episode a five-star rating on itunes do it for larry gilman this has been careers unplugged with rich and Stu. careers unplugged proudly sponsored by the master of me coaching program helping you succeed in life career and business This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst The Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of The Wellness Couch podcasts.